the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 29 Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Savages. This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analysts is work you'd find over at MMAJunkie.com, but on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's before the fight, recording this late Thursday night, Las Vegas, West Coast Pacific time, where it will be taking place in the time zone, and yes, said place, Las Vegas, at the apex for UFC on ESPN 25, UFC, Jung versus Ige. Check the timestamps for when that starts. As per usual, I will break that down from top to bottom. As per usual, we'll recap my picks and plays at the very end of the episode. If you're in a rush, don't want to listen to the other stuff, or just less of me in general, I don't blame you. Just got to thank you for for coming here. Uh, Whether you're listening on the audio version on my YouTube channel, Daniel Tom MMA, thank you for the like and subscribe if you haven't already, please. Appreciate that. And uh, all the normal YouTubers, you know, from... uh, uh, Mr. Young, uh, you know Mark Fellows out there, NT, all, all the, all you guys, you, you all know the, the usual suspects. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, really appreciate those five star ratings and reviews. Be like Showtime from Tennessee, who left a nice review. Uh, you know, five star, po- five stars, great podcast listening, especially if you are a uh, what did he put? Uh, one of the best MMA podcasts out, especially if you like to place wagers. Five stars. I know you like to place wagers, Mundo. My man. My brother from another mother who keeps that same energy. And uh, I appreciate you keeping with me, my man. You are, you, you're the best. Uh, so appreciate that. Appreciate all of you guys who left those five-star ratings and reviews. Share the podcast or tag the podcast at the PYN Podcast on all social platforms. Uh, or if you get at me, at DanTomMMA. That's the best ways to reach me, us, uh, this show, um, for, you know, uh, shares, uh, advice, life advice, I will answer that, uh, just, you know, I'm not a good person for that kind of stuff, but uh, when I when I encourage you to email or message the show, questions, um, they don't always have to be about technical stuff, breakdowns, or your top five list, which, by the way, more top five shows coming out soon, shout out to Chris Rennie and, and his book, uh, got, a, got a copy of that, that was nice to come home to a sweet mail day, The Fine Art of Violence, Volume 2, feel very very lucky uh, to have both those hard copies. Thank you, sir. Um, and as well as my man Dan Albert from the Fight Site. So, Shouts to him. He's got a podcast going down, uh, going on the Fight Site feed that I've been really enjoying. Have my man Kyle McLaughlin on there for his latest. So check out the Fight Site feed. Shout out to those guys. And be sure to shout Ed Gallo for me and remind him that uh, you owe Dan Tom a Patreon request for some uh, Eastern Promises fight breakdown. I need to... I need him to see that this fight scene at the end in the Turkish bathhouse for the first time and break it down live. Old innocent Ed. Oh, get this analysis for that bad boy. Jesus, Dan, what's wrong with you? Just saying, Ed, message Ed the, you know, the Vigo Mortensen, the Hollywood Stipe uh, gifts. Uh, they're from Eastern Promises. And send him, send him reminder. Please. Mm, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to all that. Uh, shouts. Yeah, that 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 concludes. Sorry, talking low on my mic. That concludes the shout part. We're gonna do a quick Bellator 260 recap. Quick UFC 260 the recap. I'm gonna try to make this Hawaii recap short because I'll just go off on a tangent. Um, it was a great trip, by the way. Like not a negative one, just. You know, it's loaded. Uh, and uh, we'll do some Amazon reads, and then we'll get to the breakdowns. How does that sound? Should I edit that song? And now you'll get in trouble, probably. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, I'm back from Hawaii. Refreshed, if you can't tell. It was a really good trip. It wasn't, you know, a traditional vacation, as I haven't had one of those in a decade there, because for the last 10 years, I did the math. Only been back there for work or funerals, but all work and no play makes Jack a very dull boy. And um, I would like to think that, you know, Jesus, that's a big fucking bug. How's that thing flying? All right, one second. All right, everything is all good. It just was, uh, that took longer than I thought to track down and get that, <laughs> get that taken care of. So, wow, the distraction Dan Toms gets into. I was just saying, I'm going to do the short version. Because it'll just, there's no way to explain one thing without explaining the other. Um, so it was a great, is a great trip. It was, it was a lovely service, lovely military funeral, um, like you kind of see in the movies, except you're in Punchbowl, the uh, you know, cemetery in Hawaii, where it's like it's like an active volcano that's just beautiful and green and lush and grown in. And yeah, got to return my grandpa with my grandma, and get some closure. Took my girl around the island, showed her where I was from. Help educate her in Hawaiian's history. She passed the door test in that sense. I mean, she totally got it. Um, she totally, you know, she's she's all about respecting and loving the land anyway. So that wasn't hard. And she even, you know, could join me in shitting on the tourists. Could spot out the shitty tourists. <laughs> uh, to be fair, there was problems all over the island, though. And, and then locally, not just picking on the tourists. Locally, there's some issues, too, of people kind of getting away from the culture. So, which really bums me out. Um, but so, uh, all I'll say is that, uh, if you plan on visiting Hawaii, Dan Tom be more than happy to give you recommendations on places to check out from food, sites, beaches, etc. I just ask that you, whether you're making statements, proclamations, assumptions, or like I said, traveling to Hawaii, the Hawaiian Islands, just do yourself a favor and look up some of the history and not like the colonial version history the two commercial pc like really try to get some some good resources hit me up i'll, I'll point you in the, some of the right directions as i myself have realized through this whole process i need to better educate myself on it um <clears throat> and uh and yeah because um from like the long-standing chinese restaurant that's been in the community that we went to for my grandpa's funeral having boarded up windows from attacks because you know i'm sure it's their fault let's you know blaming the chinese is a, you know i don't have to go back into that okay I, but yeah yes more more of that yes unfortunately it's real um and to you know the normal racism just amplified that you kind of will get in the touristy parts like waikiki like our waiter being called a brown motherfucker um Anyways, man, I just, such nice people there, make sure people like me and you have a great time, such good vibes on that island, so tip your service people, treat them well, and this isn't just like me being biased for always, it's what you should do everywhere, I travel the world, this is what I did, I didn't 
shit on people, wasn't, like, racist to people making my food, um, polluting the fucking land. Like, this is to be basic stuff, but everybody is just in this kind of post-COVID craze. And Hawaii is still trying to come out while preserving its delicate land and um, unique economy. So, yeah, educate yourself, please, on what, 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 you know, what, What's happened there? What's happening there? What still happens there? Um, because, um, yeah, it's uh, it's complicated. It's very nuanced. So it was a great trip. I'm just, just I'll just leave it at that. Educate yourselves, please, folks. It's it's very rich history. Uh, anyways, um, Hawaii was great. Yes, that's the notes. Bellator 260 recap. Not much to say there. Um, like, shoot, sorry. Um, Bellator, Amasoft cashed. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. I don't even know who fought. I didn't watch any of it. I still don't even watch Amasoft Lima. But uh, I broke that down at MMAJunkie.com and told you guys that's where I was playing. Apparently some of you guys followed and did well. So thank you for following and shouting me out. And hopefully, uh, you know, that stuff makes me happy. Uh, who is it? Drew on Twitter. God, I don't have his thing in front of me, but this guy, he showed me this sweet front grill he bought for his Jeep, and uh, man, I, I'm i going to the dark side, folks. I, I'm loving, I've always loved the Jeeps, it's not the dark side, um, but uh, after tr cruising in one, um, cruising in one in Hawaii, it was so fun. Granted, Hawaii is like the place for Jeeps, right, because it's freaking... You know, top place you're gonna go for a top down. Like we we're getting rained on, and it just didn't matter. It was just so awesome because it's gonna stop soon, and it's never too crazy. Well, not never, but you know, what I'm saying it wasn't when we were. It was great. Um, and, and this guy Drew, shouts to you if you're listening. <clears throat> um, like he could even cite one of the plays that uh, he tailed me on, and was able to buy a front grill. And I know how that's like because like certain things I'll name for certain things, you know. Remember uh, thanking for Doom for a lot of things after that came Velasquez win. Um, I think I had a, a a big play or two on Glover Teixeira last year, and um, I put that toward uh, my vehicle. Um, actually, my front grill, to be honest. So um, the FJ, old thigh, FJ, old thigh. Um, and, uh, yeah, I should probably call that shit Glover, shouldn't I? So I, I feel you there, Drew. I appreciate it. Hopefully can help any of you guys do uh, okay, too. Um, next is uh, we, it was UFC 263. Uh, we went 8-6 and six overall in picks, 2-0 uh, in straight plays, 0-2 in props. So profitable overall, especially when you count in the Bellator. Um Israel Adesanya defeated Marvin Vittori by an unanimous decision. It's uh, pretty much how I called it. Um, and again, not like the craziest call, so I'm not like bumping my chest about it, but yeah, that's pretty much how I did call it. Um, Moreno defeated Davis and Figueiredo. That's not via submission, rear naked choke round three. That is not how I called it, but I am not disappointed in the slightest. You guys know that. Um, to see uh, Moreno come through like that, man. Um, First Mexican board champion, Mexico, stand up. What's up, Mexico? And that's not anything against Brazil, by the way. Because, oh, I forgot to tell you guys, but I found out your boy here is uh, part Portuguese. I didn't even realize that. I found out this true. 3.5%. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's me. 
Uh, <laughs> smash cut to the next podcast. You, you guys realize Portuguese history is pretty crazy, right? Uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hit you guys with that, but. <laughs> I could really try to extend that and like connect, you know, connect that to be like, you know, every time Brazil loses, I I, I feel part of that. Yeah, maybe not all three point five percent, but you know, part of that three point five. <laughs> Anyways, Figueredo, uh, Figueredo, he he looked bad, but you know, Moreno was doing some things that I I didn't rewatch this, and I was kind of watching it late. You know, kind of kind of drunk uh, inebriated and uh you know possibly in more ways than one <laughs> hashtag 300 milligrams a day dan uh you know, <laughs> jesus uh so i might not have been in a proper state but i do remember moreno um he was flicking out like a lot of a lot of um you know a, a lot of feints and throwaways jabs and and uh non-committals um to kind of draw out those counters which Again, what I was talking about in both in the written breakdown and on here is his potential adjustment. So that was nice to see. So it wasn't like he wasn't doing anything better. He clearly made some adjustments. But hard to you know deny that Figueredo had a rough weight cut. But he always has a rough weight cut. So it gets tricky. I definitely don't want to take away from Moreno. So props to Moreno. Props to Mexico. Um, uh, you know, be interesting to see what happens with Figueredo, you know, if, if really these weight cuts just really took a toll on him, you know, he's getting older in the lightest of weight classes, and, you know, we'll see. Maybe we are closer to seeing that, uh, Peter Jan, uh, dream match that I always wanted to see, who knows. Uh, Leon Edwards defeated Nate Diaz via unanimous decision. Uh, this one sucked, uh, because, not even just because I was dumb and, and late, and this was the, the, the one losing bet was the two props, which was, uh, Edwards round three and Edwards um, inside the distance. Although, again, a lot of times when I play these round threes, if I don't get it, there's that moment in round three where they're almost finished. Or through the whole fight, whether it's a three-rounder or a five-rounder, round three is uh, where I called the finish to happen. Uh, there ends up being a moment where like the rest like, keep moving, keep moving, like Watterson, Rodriguez, or um, this one, which I believe there was uh, some moment. That's where a lot of the big blood uh, started getting cracked open on Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards almost looked like he could have got him out of there, but then as Leon Edwards does, he takes the foot off the gas and kind of coast, and not even because he looks tired, and you know he's you know and 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 sure enough uh, allows him back in, and um, you know Nate Diaz gets to have his moment, and I'm sure all his fans are gonna just be like, be like, yo, dog, you see what Nate did? Yeah, it's right, Dan. You see what I did? Why don't you give me my respect, motherfucker? I'll show you back, Nate. Come on, dude. I had to hear you on this show, and I had to hear you on my man Raf's verbal tap. And you, man, Raf didn't even fucking talk to me, Dad. Listen, okay, I just, this isn't. Congratulations that you looked good in in the fifth round. And this is just Japan scoring. I would have won that motherfucker. Actually, I don't even know that, Nate. Let's, let's, let's not get too hasty. You did good in the fifth. You had your moments, and you know you, you got to do all your stuff and do your. It's gonna be like a catalog at the end. Remember, you know, I, I told you folks, he, he's starting to turn into Tito Ortiz slowly, just like, just like, just like uh, old Uncle Tony's turning into, you know, you know, your drunk uncle at the barbecue. Hey, Gino. Um, we got Nate Diaz over here turning into Tito Ortiz. 
didn't mean the spar. This one, like Nate Diaz, not telling us why he didn't get the spar is like fucking death taxes, and Nate Diaz telling us why he didn't get the spar in his post fight speeches. <laughs> I had a crack on my skull. I didn't tell you guys it was a crack on the skull, but not like a Tito crack, more of a cut. Um, I couldn't spar, motherfucker. You didn't even know, bitch. Okay, Nate. Okay, Nate, you couldn't spar. Anyways, um, I was right about some stuff and wrong about the shit that I bet on. But, hey, the pick came through. So, uh, all right. Uh, then we had um, Bilal, remember the name Muhammad, defeated Damian Maya. Made me, that makes me a sad panda. Um, although I will say, um, I don't know. I think I had a thought of that one. I don't have one anymore. Um, Paul Craig defeated uh, Jamal. <laughs> Should I Jamal? Bolt the door if you're coming in. Um, <laughs> I think I picked Hill and then I played Craig by, by sub and then inside the distance in another house, thankfully, because that one cashed and the sub, as you guys know, did not with the way it was called. Really unfortunate. Super cool Paul Craig to like, shout out MMA betters. And uh, this was like just like uh, just such a feel good, you know. Like Craig came through, uh, humble Hill, but you know Hill took it humbly, man. And I wasn't sure he was gonna do that. And like not only did he take it humbly, uh, he made me a fan. Uh, you know, I'm already a fan of the southpaw styling on the feet, but I mean like his attitude because that was the one thing I wasn't sure of. You know, fighters gotta have a certain attitude, forgivable, understandable, all good, uh, but. Uh, when you know you got you know when the ego's really built up and whatnot, you take that first loss as an undefeated guy. How are you gonna you know bounce back? And we'll still have to see how he bounces back. But I'll tell you this: I'm a lot less worried about it. Seeing that Jamal Hill's the type of dude that can go out and party with a dude who broke his arm and tell people you know f themselves they got a problem with it. So that is that you know respect there. Much respect to how, how Hill took it and happy uh, that Craig won it. Uh, Paul Craig, man. I ain't not a fan of that guy. Nothing can outrun a grace, Scotsman. Um, hey, man, I got, I got love for the Scottish, too. Um, all right, uh, Brad Rodell High. Uh, Rodell defeated Drew Dober. That was a fun fight. I was really t to the win. I barely finished. I like, passed out right when the fight ended. Um, yeah, I watched in a weird order. Uh, but, um... Yeah, don't disagree with the decision. Was, 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 Bradwardale was one of the dogs I spotted early, and I'm not just saying that after the fact because I know I picked Dober here um, and stayed away, thankfully. But, uh, yeah, I think, like, we wrapped up, like, the card before this is, like, a uh, show um, on, like, a couple Saturdays ago, and me and Aaron were just kind of skimming through the, the card ahead, and I was like, ooh, Brad Riddell dog money. I don't know if he's going to stay at that, trending downwards, but that's a, there, there's one. And, um... I didn't end up sticking with it, obviously, but maybe I should have looked to stick with my gut there. Uh, the best fighter out of city kickboxing, Brad Riddell. Uh, Eric Anders defeated Darren Stewart via unanimous decision. <laughs> I didn't watch this one at all. Um, I didn't watch this other one either, so I can't tell the scorecard, but look, lucky Lauren Murphy cashed over Joanne Calderwood via split decision. Um... Mavzar Evloev uh, defeated Hakim Duwadu. Russian Frankie Edgar came through. Um, sounds like Duwadu had some moments in the third, though. Uh, Penny Kianzad defeated Alexis Davis. Vietnam decision. That was a parlay piece. Um, did I say to parlay anybody last week? 
I know it said she'd be a good parlay piece, though, so. Yeah, and no, I didn't take any parlays, I don't think, so. Um, but I did say Kian's Ed, though. Um, but bam. Uh, Terrence McKinney defeated Matt Favola. Glad I stayed away from Favola. I could see him being a parlay piece that crashed. Uh, Steven. Chicago Police Department Detective Sterling Peterson. Steven Peterson. Uh, was, uh, defeated Chase Hooper. Uh, that was that was a good play. I can see why money came out of him for sure. I think I sprinkled a lot of him in one house too. Um, I picked, but yeah, I didn't play, thank God. Luigi Vendramin, he lost the majority decision at Farris ZM. Didn't even watch that. Nor did I watch Carlos Felipe defeat uh, Jake Collier. Uh, by split decision, um, but uh, I had a Collier, and uh, no, didn't didn't play him thankfully. All right, so that was um, well, that was that card. Uh, Twenty one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Amazon reads. We'll knock these out real quick, and then we'll start the breakdown. Again, mixedmarshallanalyst.com If you guys want to support this free show. I have click through banners through on it and Amazon as well as a PayPal link if you really want to just tip the show directly. Oh, everything does go to the show, by the way. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, on it stuff does not list, although if you just click through, you can buy stuff from there. I know we don't like using these corporations, folks. I get it. Believe me, I do. But you can ease your conscience and support something, uh, a good cause, uh, something that's free. Uh, all at the same time, kind of kill two birds with one stone. So feel free to go to mixedmarshallanalyst.com. Go to the right, scroll down a bit. You will see all those banners right there to the right, lined up uh, vertically for you. And uh, the anything you click through Amazon, another big corporation there, I know, but we all got to use it at some time, right? Uh, it will show you um, what you got. For example, somebody got Copaway to 100, an illustrated guide. To essential movement and techniques. Hmm, awesome. All right, get some copper weight in. Let me know. Let me know how you like that. Um, we also got a uh, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children complete the Blu-ray. Wow, was that? Has that movie been out for a minute? I'm pretty sure I watched that. I get so confused. Is there some kind of Final Fantasy thing coming out? Because I feel like it, it keeps popping up on my radar and timeline and. Um, you know, I was a Final Fantasy VII dude. I really liked that uh, dude. Jesus. Uh, fan. Uh, I really liked that game. It took, you know, it took forever. Real damn time to get through. But um, but you know, it was really really good. Uh, Ten was 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 a good one from I remember. And I don't think I really played much else. I think I played Tactics. Like that was it. I didn't really get too much into it. But okay, thank you for buying that. Someone bought Neutrogeno Wet Skin Kids Water Resistant Sunscreen. <laughs> Oy, Dan Tom should have bought this. You know Dan Tom wasn't buying sunscreen. You know, you see how burnt my my ass is in this week's video. Uh, so thank you for whoever bought that. Um, some more uh, Foot Joy Junior Golf Gloves. FJ. That's 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 why I like me my FJ. I had some Foot Joy golf gloves too. Was that an old? Re I don't know because there's more this week and these were junior ones. So. I think you're rounding it out, and you're probably the same person that bought nitroglycerin golf balls, 15-pack nitroglycerin. What is it, the shit that fucking Edward Norton got burned by by Brad Pitt in Fight Club or by himself? I get, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> what the hell are these things? 
All I know is they are colored balls, which is good because, you know, Dan, old Dan Tom tends to lose his balls out in the rough. Uh, Jesus, yeah, that sounds like a personal problem, doesn't it? No, definitely don't have that problem. Uh, but Jesus. <laughs> Oops. Oh, sorry, sorry. All right, yeah, move on with the read, you pervert. Uh, somebody bought this Saving Private Ryan Sapphire Series. Sapphire Series. What is it? What is the platoon stop off at a fucking strip club on the after D Day? What what goes? <laughs> it was a very Las Vegas centric strip club joke, folks. Um, <laughs> Tom Hanks just standing outside the strip club, just gritting the coin between his fingers, staring off with a thousand mile stare. I'm gonna earn it. Caparzo. Hello. Caparzo is the fucking bouncer at the door. Jesus, Dan. All right. Uh, someone else bought a... What was the next one on the list? Uh, Macho Man sunglasses logo. Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champ Adult Tank Top Purple Tee. Wow. Oh, yeah. Macho Man's got a macho alimony payment. Dan, that's not what he said. That was probably what he was saying in his head. Let's be honest. <laughs> Watch your man to do that the rap album for his uh, best friend's dead wife, like Lex Luthor. He's like, Oh, brother, but I still feel the pain. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is probably wasn't as good as, uh, what was that? I remember I had a buddy that he used to skate with, had that cassette tape, uh, 9090 cassette tape. With, I want to be a Hulkamaniac. Hey, kid, you want to say the N word? <laughs> Wait, wait, that wasn't what, oh, that wasn't what Hulk said. That's probably what he really was trying to say. All right, Dan, let's not deviate. Thank you guys for using the click-throughs. On that note, Jesus Christ. Uh, thank you guys for using the click-throughs there. Um, always appreciated. Uh, all right, we're going to break down UFC on ESPN 25, finally. We're going to get through this. Again, I haven't done... You're not getting me in my fully operational uh, mode. Uh, it's been crazy with the Hawaii, the travel... You know, almost dying, burying dead people. It it, it happens, and uh, <laughs> Jesus, damn, it's not funny. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, it's so this Death Star is not fully operational. It's like it's, it's kind of chipped off. It's missing pieces, but we can still get a shot off at the Rebel uh, Rebel Rebellion. We're gonna. Does I even say that right? I don't fucking know. It's late now, after my uh, cockroach escapades. Um, so we're going to try to get through this. Uh, top to bottom, uh, Dan Ige minus 135, Chan Sung Jung plus 115. In-depth breakdown up at MMAJunkie.com. Should be dropping the same day this drops here on Friday morning. Um, it was dead even when I recorded my video earlier this week. So that's how I broke it down. And I actually predicted in the video that I wouldn't be surprised to see Jung maybe uh, close as a slight favorite just for... Name value, but I should have known better, man. I should have known better. You MMA gamblers, you guys, your guys, you know, earmuffs, your guys' dicks get so hard when there's older people fighting. <laughs> this guy, isn't this guy been around since like over 10 years ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys turn into the pawn shop owner from Pulp Fiction usually. Yeah. Get him. Yeah. <laughs> cheering. Cheering. <laughs> Cheering Zed on, uh, and in this case Zed is Ige, and I'm and I'm cheering Zed on in this case too. Jesus damn, well, that was really dark. Are you really drawing yourself into one now? Um, but no, uh, 
yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And obviously, I'm biased here, folks. Admitted bias. Uh, something I always do, and, and and not all not all do enough, especially like those like judges and shit, right? Uh, anyways, neither here nor there. But um, yeah, I'm biased toward Danny Gay and his corner chief corner mainly Eric Nixick, uh, who I suspect will have him well prepared. You know, Egay's learning new stuff every time. Um, Eric's always planning almost you know just in depth levels to, to to thinking about you know how would they how would they beat them right. And it doesn't hurt when you have guys like Tyson Chartier, um, you know, passing notes uh, on him after they fought. You know, again, that was something that um, Eric shared with me and I shared with you guys uh, a bit ago on uh, Shout Out to Schwan Humes when I did the Top 5 Tools for Camp Prep. And uh, I shared that little tidbit there where, um, you know, these guys are always striving to, it's not just bias, right? Because these guys really are, I mentioned that because these guys really are always striving to be better. Um, that being said, Fight Ready also has a really good reputation for getting those fighters ready physically, which I always make a nod to. But you know, perhaps more importantly, um, tactically uh, or with game plans and, and, and things of that sort, um, you've got you know, Santino DeFranco does a really good job with that. I'm not sure how much he'll be involved with Jung's camp as he's mainly working with uh, his Korean counterpart there, Eddie Cha. Um, who they teased some things last time and they didn't really get to show it. Um, and uh, so I'll be curious to see that. But again, the same thing can be said on the other side, not just because Danny Game made quick and clean work of Gavin Tucker with a knockout, uh, so we didn't get to see uh, what Ige was working on since his cater fight, but even in the cater fight, um, perhaps because that jab was, was, was stymieing some of the combinations and the shifts, but... We all knew Dan Ige could shift and already actively shifted at that time, but as far as fighting from Southpaw, there was some teasing there from the commentary through Ige's own words, apparently. So I mentioned that because I'll be curious to see if he tries to do that here. We saw Brian Ortega do that, maybe not intentionally. Maybe he is was a lefty the whole time, right? And that's why he goes for the guillotines with his left, which doesn't necessarily mean that. I had a lot of people chime in. Uh, very qualified people chime in, like the, you know the Tommy Elliots of the world, and so on and so forth, and, and uh, uh, others that I can't recognize, uh, recall right this second. I apologize. And uh, there are other reasons why a lot of people would like to finish with their left on like a guillotine, even if they are right-handed. So neither here nor there, as far as Brian Ortega to be determined. But I mention that because it really seemed to stumble up Chan Sung Jung, and perhaps Chan Sung Jung was having an off night and. Ortega was on and would have rolled anyways. But um, you look at him, like, well, Chance and Jung's the only other Southpaw he's fought at a high level was Dustin Poirier. That was like 10 years ago, and granted, he won that fight. But, uh, you know, it wasn't like Poirier didn't have moments striking either. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, so interesting things we'll see. You know, Danny Gay's also shown that he can throw laterally, uh, strike with like reset, preset counters in mind. And, and people may scoff at making this comparison, but it almost reminds me of an Alexander Volkanovsky, which wouldn't be a bad idea, nor would it surprise me, um, as you know, Eric and his team is very smart guys, and um, you know, Ige himself, and they look at fighters and they try to take things off them, and why not? I mean, you look at the height and the frame um, Volkanovsky works with and operates, and there's some things there. Um, now, you know. 
EK could probably you know maybe finish a little bit more with a lead hand. I know he does with that with a brow as they call it when they shift and step through. But even when he maintains the orthodox, you know, off of kick, kind of like Volkanovski does, and that makes him kind of longer. He can't jab outright and straight up, um, which is you know, yes, why he needs footwork and feints, and obviously very important. But uh, Volkanovski often will finish the combinations right with the double up off the lead or throw a lead there and kind of those long jabs or long hooks and um i feel like those would serve Ige really well because he's doing some of the other things from the leg kicks to the uh lateral movements step off into a different stance with a power stance ready or with the power hand ready uh, a lot of little subtle things a lot of little subtle layers really getting built in um you know he already goes to the body and really works well off of that so it's just really interesting to see what Ige's exact approach is going to be. He's got a couple different options here for sure. Whereas even though he's the best and more credentialed grappler, uh, I feel like Chan Sung Jung may be the better wrestler and more dangerous in that department, which is, you know, not crazy or crazy. It just felt kind of ironic considering, you know, one guy's got the accolades and the other guy may be the better grappler, you know? So, um that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, so, you know, Chan Sung Jung could be but a good knockdown, takedown, or stunning EK away from maybe being the first person to finish him, but also just really putting him in a hole, a negative hole he has to kind of get out of, right? So that's something worth watching. That being said, even though I fully admit I could be wrong and be welcome to be wrong in the sense of this would be awesome if it was a 25-minute war, I suspect more of an anticlimactic first-round knockout in the favor of Ige, um, which sounds like recency bias because he usually doesn't get first-round knockouts and he just got one against Tucker. Uh, but you know, Jung's been getting hurt in in you know in fights too, and uh, I feel like that's I think that's catching up. You know, Ige gets hurt too, but Ige mainly gets hurt to the body against some of the divisions' of biggest hitters, and. Although Jung has the killer instinct to follow up a hurt Ige to the body, uh, Jung doesn't go to the body with consistency. Um, he can really get lost headhunting. So I can't trust Jung to go to the body, even if the bias wasn't there. So I'm going to go with Danny Ige first round knockout. Uh, I like the under 4.5 at minus 110. I played that. Um, I threw two units on that. That's the only thing chalk that I played. The rest are going to be dog shots. So hopefully... Things balance out and cover each other with the way that is. So the one chalk is a two-unit play. Under four and a half. Uh, I think somebody gets finished here. <clears throat> and I'm going with... I'm betting that it won't be Ige, considering he hasn't been. Next fight, Sergey Spivak minus 225. Alexei Sexy Olnik plus 185. So true story, I, I submitted Spivak despite my best interests. And then I was like... I barely have slept at all this whole week, folks. It's been crazy because it's like... I've had some kind of certain. I gotta wake up early for some renovation shit tomorrow too. It's just nonstop. Um, not complaining. Just crazy, crazy week. So, uh, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I couldn't believe that I submitted Spivak. I'm like, God damn. It. I'm like, no, don't just change picks. Uncle Matt's gotta do enough of those pick changes. Yada yada. But then, you know, someone goes out and hits a god dang Ezekiel choke. Uh, Melender got Ezekiel choked. Um, and, um, yeah, I was just like, it's a sign from the gods. You don't bet against the grapple grandpa. It's a good spirit, you know. Um, Spivak, he, he, he can finish. He's, he's, he, you know, let me go here. 
What is this fish? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like he's, I don't know if he can finish without giving up something dumb, you know. I feel like it's got to be more of a nutritional stoppage with the with the fists. They're usually, you know, TKOs for the most part. Well, he did get a head kick and a KO, so I lied. And two of those, the other three are TKOs. But, yeah, um, I'm just going to go grapple Grandpa because it's the small cage, and unless Bivak one-shot dens him, um, he's going to have to put on uh, enough punches to get grappled or grapple him enough to get counter-grappled. So... Uh, I'm going to go with Olenek to get one last win. If he's going to get it, it's going to be against Galaxy B back. Um, so I sprinkled on him uh, a unit plus 185. Next fight, Bruno Silva minus 130. Wellington Terman plus 110. Bruno Silva looks in good shape despite the, you know, USADA violation. He's an Evolu Kautai guy, so he's been training with uh, Neto BJJ, who we'll get to shortly. Um, and Wellington Terman, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, Earned it, I think, in the last year because he was a brown belt when he went into the UFC. Got knocked out by Andrew Sanchez, and that's just hard to trust. Whereas Bruno Silva, he got his nickname because those losses early in his career. I think he's been 14 and one in his last 15 fights, but he like started off his career with a 500 record. He's fighting all the way up at heavyweight, uh, but he was able. He did it because he was able to take their shots, and that's how he got the nickname, um, which is what is it called? Uh, armored. Whatever the Brazilian word, Portuguese word for armor. I know I I should know three point five percent of the word, but I don't, folks. I know. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna go with Bruno Silva here. It's just you can't be confident in it in this fight either way. Um, I would say dog or pass, but I can't be confident in that either. Uh, but hey, I didn't watch too carefully, so maybe there's something I'm missing. So if you want to play it, go ahead. Um, I didn't put an avoid list because it all feels like an avoid list. And it all feels like it would be an avoid list even if I did full study. So, yeah. Uh, there. Um, next fight, uh, Sengu Choi minus 155 against Julian uh, Ferris Bueller's best friend Cameron Arosa uh, plus 135. Uh, I played Arosa here for a unit at the plus 130. I think 130 30 range. I didn't even get that number. Um, considering he was a favorite, uh, you know, it's justified out of value. However, there's been a lot of line swings, and more often than not, the betters have been right and the bookies have been wrong. Perhaps it's this pandemic era, uh, a lot of these lines that come out, and it makes me envious of you early line droppers even more because that's not my style. I never get that. And, it, you know, you're probably getting some really good things right now because there's a lot of line movement that's getting flipped more than usual um, this year. And, uh, again, you guys are right more often than not. However, I'm going to go with Arosa here. Uh, I think, you know, size parity showed to not bother either of them uh, as much in their recent fights. But um, I'm just going to go Arosa for his experience, ferocity, uh, southpaw stance. Uh, a little bit of bias, I guess. He does do some trending extreme couture, sure. But yeah, I'll go with CJ. He did a... Excuse me. He cashed well last time. I'll take another shot at it. If they're going to give me plus money when he opened as the favorite, I can't help it. Uh, and you know, single choice is stud too, man. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'll go Erosa here, even though um, Choi's athleticism and growing skills definitely. Again, I'm not the most confident pick. This is 
This is more the dreaded Joey Odessa word value. I'm going to bust out value play. <laughs> Speaking of V, Marlon Vera. Uh, dude, the Chinaman is not the issue here. Minus 200. Uh, hey, shout out to Chips War Metal. Uh, DraftKings player who, even though I don't do DraftKings stuff as much as I should really at all, uh, he still listens here for reference, so I appreciate my man at, at Chips War Metals there. Um, he he was hoping I, he, I would do his favorite uh Impression and uh, you bet your ass, Davy Grant's here for plus 170. Another dog that doesn't mind being a dirty dog now, does he? All right, Dan, don't creep out all you listeners. Jesus Christ, it's not even how Davy Grant sounds. <laughs> uh, I don't sound like that at all, Dan, but uh, <laughs> I forget he was, I was listening to Aaron said I was interviewing him, and he sounds like such a nice dude. And I don't know why I make him sound like one of the creepy pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean, you know? Hello, puppet. Paul, I, I'll ruin those. It's me, Davy Grant, swinging my bones. <laughs> I'll pay you back at the time of the day down at Davy Jones' locker. Um, <laughs> That's right, dangerous, Davy Grant. By the way, he's called me Dirty Davey, if you know what I mean. All right, are you going to break this fight down? Dan? You're trying to talk creepy the whole time. Uh, I'm going to take Marlon Vera in the rematch, you know. We'll see if uh, Mark Goddard is uh, refereeing. Cheeto, listen. Cheeto, listen. I'm in charge here. Um, I think, uh, you know, obviously they both have evolved, and, and Grant's on, like, his late evolution. Um, despite his age, I believe when he says he's in his prime, he hasn't had a lot of miles on him, but... I think Vera's just going to be better everywhere, and Vera's durability is going to save his butt because Grant is going to land some good shots here, folks. Um, they both can get off to a bit of a slow start and pick up, so that'll be really interesting to see if they grow as the fight goes and we get like a fight of the night here. But I'm going to go with Cheetah Vera to do more damage and find a finish before it gets to the scorecards. Um, Alexa Kamer, minus 235, versus Nikolai Manu. Uh, Nigu Mariano uh, plus 205 gonna go with a guy who can say his name easier Alexa Kamer it looks like you know he's in some like 1920s or 30s movie he's like some like strong arm thug you know get him knuckles get the hand back uh yeah Verna Jenny Jenny Jeroba Jesus god damn you Brad uh minus 130 and we got uh Kanako Murata. Burata. No, yeah, it's not Burata. I mean, it's not. It's Murata. Um, plus 110. I ended up taking uh, Angie Joba here um, just in the jiu-jitsu. You know, I know Murata's got the uh, judo creds and whatnot and very strong. Um, but we'll see. I'm, I'm really interested to see her, but uh, hard not to go with Jenny Joba for a fight that should be fought within her. Wheelhouse, so she has the experience edge as well. Um, I stayed away. Uh, did not stay away from this next fight. Deco Lima, minus 175, or Matt Brown. Plus 155. Matt Brown going. Matt Brown don't believe in thing. Matt Brown going. Matt Brown don't want to get political. Matt Brown going. Matt Brown pretty angry. <laughs> Mortal. <sighs> Um, uh, I, I, I got Matt Brown here. Basically, um, Lima's super technical and can do a lot of damage with his light kicks. Gotta imagine he knows Brown's weak to the body. Let's see if he moves the kicks up there. But 
he kind of is just the same guy he's going to be a lot of the time. Same with Douglas, his brother, you know. And their propensity to fight along the back of the cage really gets in trouble for guys who that's their whole game. And Matt Brown comes to life when he gets fighters with their back to the cage. Especially now that he's admittedly to himself is doing more wrestling and leaning even more into the clench elbows than he already did, which makes sense because he's an old man now. Why rely on speed and durability and open space shit? Um, which makes sense because you wouldn't want to rely on that even if you were healthy against Douglas uh, Diego Lima. I mean, that's how you're going to give him a win. Um, and Matt Brown's good enough to stay out of his submissions, I believe. So uh, I feel like Matt Brown is... Can wrestle him, even though Diego, but Diego with Diego Lima showing that's the one thing that has improved of his game a lot has been his defensive wrestling. So for that reason, I think Matt Brown's just gonna elbow the shit out of him for an elbow KO against the fence in the small cage. Um, I'll go with Matt Brown. I do know he's forty. Um, you know he's got a. You know he's got a lot of. Uh, he's got. A, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into it. Jesus Christ, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he don't got time for your bullshit. I don't believe in a lot of things. I don't know the size, but I'm gonna fuck you up. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Matt Brown to do that. I got a unit on Matt Brown. See, look at that. Uh, all right, um, Chaos Williams minus one fifty versus uh, Matthew Semmelsberger. Fantasy Jewish Fight League. Fantasy Jewish Fight League. Fantasy Jewish Fight League. Semmelsberger swings on this side. Uh, I'm actually gonna go with Williams here, but I'm staying away because I'm not gonna. I'm going to pick against him here, but I'm, I cannot discount and disrespect uh, Semmelsberger, um, you know, uh, by putting money against him, man. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if uh, Semmelsberger comes through, you know. I think Ro Rosenstrach came through recently, you know. Let's, uh, let's see if we can get another one for the team. Uh, we got uh, Josh Parisian, or a.k.a. shout out to Brad a Carbo Parisian, the Parisian brother uh, that was uh, misplaced in the Midwest, minus 135, versus Roki Martinez, plus 115. Um, uh, yeah, uh, this is, uh, as, a, as my man Brad would call the t-shirt in the pole division. But uh, I got love for both these guys, I'm not going to lie, man. There's, there's definitely, uh, not just the style, because they're underrated. These guys will scrap, man. Don't judge your book by his cover. And they also just seem like lovable dudes, man, you know, like... You know, like there he goes in the right place. You know, they 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 have to work hard to get to where they got, and uh, and you know, and people probably weren't the nicest to him, and they persevered anyways. So uh, you know, respect to these guys, man. Go, let it swing, uh, let it fly, let it flail, let it flop. All right, Dan. Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> uh, we got uh. Joaquim Silva, Neto BJJ, minus 130. Rick Glenn, plus 110. Another line swing here, and I got to say, I don't disagree with the swing. Uh, I got the Neto BJJ. He always shows up randomly with, like, long stints in between his fights. I don't know why. All I know is I can't really use that as a flag, considering he does that all the time and can still win. Um, I just think he's going to pick uh, Rick Glenn apart if he doesn't allow Rick Glenn to blanket him. I think, you know, the small cage will definitely benefit Rick Glenn. Uh, but Rick Glenn not training Team Alpha Male this one. Looks like he's back out in the Midwest, home camp. Uh, Joaquim Silva, again, training Evolu Kautai. Jacked out of his mind. Um, you know, again, good job, USADA. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with Silva here. 
could see him being a play. I mean, he clearly is a play, the line flip, but yeah. Um, for minus 130, I don't know if I'm going to play him. I could still play him, to be honest, but I don't know. Stay away. We got a lot of Procopio, minus 160. Casey O'Neill, plus 140. I guess I ended up taking O'Neill's picks. I don't know if it's a Vegas bias there, but Procopio could, you know, certainly win. She's favored, obviously. She could certainly win. I mean, Nova and Yao, Black Belt, um, and whatnot. So I don't know why I picked O'Neill. But yeah, stay away from that fight. I wouldn't follow me. Um, and yeah, I don't think any of their fights are happening. Uh,. Did I miss any? Oh, Ige calling out Zombie. Yeah, Ige's been calling out Zombie. Uh, Hendricks Hamlet, lesson for, of not finishing. Um, yes, for Matt Brown. Yeah, because Diego Lima, I don't know if Diego Lima can't finish. He's going to get finished by the finisher. Hendricks Hamlet just reminded me of that. When you, you can dominate someone the whole time, but if you can't finish him, you're going to be in trouble. Um, I wrote cheese dick, question mark. I just, I missed that insult, cheese dick. We don't use that anymore. Like, we should bring that back. Um, don't bring certain things back, speaking of clerks, too. But I do think cheese dick is one we should bring back, you know? Like, calling somebody a cheese dick. Like, oh, this guy's a fucking cheese dick. I call you a cheese dick, motherfucker. All right, man, easy. You bring it back, then. You're more popular. Um, maybe I will, bitch. Maybe I will. So, yeah. Yeah, bring back cheese dick, please. Yeah, well, as I say that, everyone's going to start calling me a cheese dick. All right, recapping my picks in place. How do we do it? How do we do on time here? All right, 49 minutes, not too bad. All right, uh, taking Ige over Jung. Taking Grapple Grandpa Olenek over Spivak. Taking Silva over Terman. Taking Arosa Bueller over Choi. Taking Vera over Davy Grant. Taking Kamer over Negamarianu. Taking... Angie Joba over Murata. Taking Brown my Brown over Lima. Taking Williams over Sibelsberger. Taking Parisian. Carbo Parisian over Martinez. Taking the other Silva from Evolu Kautai over Glenn. Taking April Casey O'Neill over... Procopio. Uh, put a unit on uh, Olenek, plus 185. Put a unit on Rosa, plus 120. Put a unit on Brown, plus 150. And the only other play in prop that I played, which was a chalk one for minus 110, it was the under 4.5, two units for Ige and Zombie. All right, folks, sorry, it was a crazy one. Um, at least I kept it short for you. A little condensed, we covered a lot. I appreciate you guys again. You can support the, the show, uh, our free show here at uh, mixedmartialanalyst.com, Amazon, and on it banners, PayPal, click through. Uh, like and subscribe this, this video is to my channel on YouTube, Daniel Tom MMA. It really helps out a lot. Apple Podcasts, five star ratings and reviews. Uh, follow and uh, share and, 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 and shout out at the PYN Podcast on all social platforms. Won't pollute your feed, we will reshare your shouts. It really helps a lot. As well as at Dan Tom MMA if you want to get at me. Alright, folks, good luck on your picks and plays, and always protect.